You're listening to the Free to You Sounds podcast. Welcome back. The second podcast. Thank you so much for everybody who's listening right now. Yeah, we really appreciate you being here. Uh, mainly because this is a, an extra special one for us, isn't it? It is. It is the life before Free to You Sounds and also traveling the world. Yes. It's really our origin stories of the two of us meeting, but also who we were before we met. Right. Because, you know, as some of you probably already know that I'm from Germany, but I lived in Switzerland almost 10 years. And you, Libby? I uh, am from the United States. I lived in Iowa and California. So how is this even possible that we met? But until we get to this point... I think we should talk about us and what we did before, before we start traveling the world. And then also how we met. Yes, and we want to do it from two different perspectives. Oftentimes when we tell our story, and I got to admit, it's pretty romantic. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, la la. <laughs> Uh, hint? We, <laughs> yes, exactly. Hint. Uh, Marcel is an extrovert, and whenever we tell the story, he always takes the reins and he he says the whole bit. Uh, but in this situation, I want you to hear it from my point of view. Right, and I also try to hold back in our podcasts, so I try to help Libby the world. <laughs> but in this case, no, because we both have to tell our story. Right. I think that's very important. So I think I'll just go ahead and go first and uh, just tell a little bit about myself. Uh, as I mentioned, I am from the United States. I was born and raised in Iowa. And you might not know where that is, or you could point on a map, but it's in the middle of the United States. Do some people say it's a flyover state? I was just going to say that. It's such a sad thing to say, but yeah. Because I like Iowa. Yeah, it has its own charm, and really the people are so, they're genuine and kind. We have the Lost Hills. We have the Lost Hills. We're known for Ashton Kutcher, and also... Uh, Mr. The, Floyd. And the Field of Dreams. Yes, the, the Sergeant Floyd Monument is what you're referring to. That yes. is correct. I <laughs> you, know something. Yeah, you, but you're being awfully specific. So I'm from Sioux City, Iowa. It's called the Tri-State Area. So we're next to Nebraska and South Dakota. So you could just hop over the river and then you're in a different state. Didn't you say there's something like if you in one state, but still in Sioux City, but you go to the school, that you are like in the high school two years later than if somebody... Goes out of house that can you? Yeah, so <laughs> this is very off subject, but I guess if people are curious, so it depends on the state. So if you're in South Dakota, they actually start the kids later. So if you're born late within that year of when you could go into school, so my cousin, uh, second cousin, actually graduated when he was 19 from high school. From high school, and I graduated at 17. But it's two years. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Just because he's in a different state. Yeah, just because he's like just a few miles away. Wow. Yeah, it's... it's and also born probably right before. Yeah, when the cutoff the is. The cutoff is, right. Yeah. So we digressed a little bit there. So I was raised on a farm primarily until I was like a preteen. And then I moved to the big city of Sioux City. And but you weren't a farm girl. 
Well, I grew up on a farm. But did you do like farm work? <laughs> no, no, I didn't like milk cows or like, I don't know, tend to pigs or, you know, take crops down. I didn't do any of that stuff, but it was around me. And, uh, I, you know, I, I was like a normal kid. I played Nintendo and um, that's pretty much all I remember from my And childhood. you went to school. <laughs> I went to school. <laughs> Nintendo, eating way too much Fruity Pebbles and, yeah, going to school. And But you also went to college. I did go to college, yes. So I went to a small liberal arts college called mm. Morningside College. I went there. It's really nice. It is. It's like, it's, it's quaint and nice it's it's a really nice atmosphere it's a small small college as i mentioned and i uh got my uh ba bachelor's of arts in photography mm. Mm -hmm. that's why if you go to our instagram account you can tell when libby takes the photos <laughs> thank you marcel um yeah so after after i graduated i spent one year in sioux city And uh, I actually sold Lancome Cosmetics. <laughs> oh. This is a weird thing to mention. So you saved up money. You I worked saved, yeah, I saved while up, you were yes. in college. I saved up money so I could go to grad school. And I went to a college called Chapman University. Ooh, this mm -hmm. is in Orange. It's in the city of Orange, yes. Also for people that are listening outside of the U.S. in the United States, you have to pay for your... <laughs> University college. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's a fun. That's a fun little thing we have to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, I went three years to grad school, and I, I got my master's degree in cinematography. Wow. Yes, I was one of two females in the program. Did you not also won an award? Oh well, thank you for mentioning Marcel. <laughs> yes, I won the Einstein Award. It's like the. I guess MVP of of Ooh. my year. So two of my thesis films were uh, in the, I guess the award show. Right, and, but who was the person who gave you the award? Was um, it Ted Denson? <laughs> no, no, not no. Ted. His name, his last name is Einstein. So it's not from Albert Einstein. It, no, his name is Einstein. This is terrible, but this is a while ago. He was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's like known as an actor. And he he gave me the award. <laughs> so it was not Ted Danson. I don't know. <laughs> I think I get confused here. But I know which actor it is in Kirk yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like a lot of uh, facials yeah. done. Yeah, and he has a very recognizable voice too. Right. Um, One of my favorite shows besides Seinfeld. Well, they're very closely related, aren't they? They are. Uh, so after, after I um, got my master's degree, I moved to this... City of Angels. Mm, the dream of everybody. Oh, right, especially a Midwestern girl. <laughs> <laughs> I moved to Los Angeles. and Was I, it easy, like, the transition from Iowa to California? Well, Orange was a perfect transition, actually, because it has this small-town feel. It's like a college town, and it has a, a circle, like an old town square, and... It felt like a very good place to go from Iowa to a place in California and then eventually move to like a huge city like Los So it's Angeles. like a transition from coming from a smaller town, but don't really go into like a big metropolis. Just like, yes. like a step. 
it's a nice step, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. was a nice step. So I moved to Los Angeles. It was so you moved to the to LA then after you graduated from co- uh, from college. Yes, uh, grad school. Yes. Grad school. Sorry. Yes, and was actually working doing a lot uh, doing destination weddings. So I was I was a videographer and I was filming a lot of weddings. And How I did you get that job? Craigslist. Hey, <laughs> hey. Yeah, I I have to say some of the best things that have ever happened to me have been through Craigslist. I've had three amazing apartments found through Craigslist and jobs. I know the one in Denver you found through Craigslist. Craigslist. That is my, correct. My place in Los Angeles I got through Craigslist and in Orange through Craigslist. I don't know. I have a thing for Craigslist. I like it. So now you're in LA. You have your apartment. And you I shoot a, weddings. Yes, and I have a roommate, my good friend Will. <gasps> oh, yes. Will. We share Will. the same birthday. Hello, Will. If you listen to it, I know you're in Washington. <laughs> D.C. Ooh, yeah, yes, not even yes. the state. Well, he was in D.C. It was a really wonderful time living in Los Angeles because I was still working a bit in the film industry, but I was also shooting these amazing weddings around the world. And I was also uh, working in video games. So I was doing motion capture for video games. Like what kind of video games? Like uh, Uncharted 4, The mm. Last of Us. Like big productions. Yeah, yeah. Like big, big, big stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a, a great time in my life in Los Angeles. But then everything changed at one point. <laughs> I know. Right? Everything always has to change at some point. And that's when I came in the play. You did. But how? We're going to find out. <laughs> I also want to just really quick mention that um, Will had a forecast, right? Oh, About yeah. About our relationship. <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because how Marcel and I met, and I came back and I told my roommate all about it, he's like, Uh, I give it about three months. <laughs> That's over six years ago. Yeah. So if you hit us with, we're still together. <laughs> I think he knows. Yeah. Okay. So now we know a little bit about Libby, right? It's time to talk about you, Marcel. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. My life doesn't sound as exciting as your life. Um, oh, I think it is. I mean, you grew up in Germany in a very different time and place than it is now. That is correct. Yeah, I was born in the GDR or DDR. So for people who doesn't know what it is, that Germany was divided in two countries. It was the West and the East. And I was born on the East side of Germany in the GDR. Yeah, I think people tend to think about uh, the wall and it was only in Berlin, but it I went through the whole country. Yeah, so there are rural areas that were either the east or the west. So you grew up in a pretty small town, right? Right. Pretty close to the border, actually. It was just like a stone throw away and called Bad Salzung, what is a small town in Thüringen, very close to Eisenach, so if people know the Wartburg or where Martin Luther translated the Bible, that's very close where I grew up. Yeah, but you you were an 80s kid and a 90s kid, and you yes. had like... I had a Fukuhila. What is that? Oh, um, Fukuhila is like front and quarts and hitting long. That means it's like these weird haircuts, you know, like front 
short y- y- and in the back is long. You were talking about a mullet. Yes, I think that's how you call it. <laughs> did you ever have a rat tail? I did have a rat tail, of course. <laughs> you mean these short yeah, hair, but then you have, you have the long... long <laughs> yes. yes, yes, I did have that too. Oh, that's amazing. So I thought that too, yes. <laughs> Uh, you showed me a picture the other day of of what it was like a stereotypical image of what it was like to grow up in the GDR, um, you know, like the cool kids and their cool outfit and lean on a trabant. <laughs> yeah, but these are like the cool kids, and I was too small to hang out with these kind of people. Yeah, you're in the corner checking out what they're up to. <laughs> yeah, when because we also had way more respect for for the the youth as a child. You mean you had respect for who was older than you? Absolutely. Yeah. You would never just walk up to say, hey, what's going on? Yeah. You would get one left and right. <laughs> you had to know your place. Yes. So what was something that you were most envious of the West? Like if there was like an article of clothing or... Chocolate. Really? I remember. And uh, oh, this is, this, is a, this is a great thing. 1989, 1990, when the wall fall, and because we were living so close to the border, what we did as children is you could see the cars coming over. I remember when my brother and I and friends were standing on the road, and we had, we you know, how do you say when you... You're waving. Waving at the cars coming from the west, and then these cars stopping, and then they give you chocolate or they give you west money. Wow. Yes, and I my my brother was always a very smart kid, but I was more like I was like eight years old, and you know what happened? So these these trucks and these uh, camper vans and these cars coming, and then what they did, they used from old Lexi cars, you know, like they just ripped off like cards and maps, and then they gave it to them. I don't know what they did because I was a child. But then they got money from it. Yeah. And then people gave me chocolate. Oh, uh, okay. But sometimes they gave me money too. Uh-huh. But for me, my, my main currency was chocolate. Uh-huh. And then a guy came over to me and said, Hey, you, why are we not exchanging chocolate to the money that you have? And I was like, sure. So then I gave him all my money from the West and he just <gasps> gave me chocolate. But my brother asked me later, Hey, where's, where's, where's the money? Yeah. And so I have all this chocolate. Where did you get the chocolate from? This guy. And then he went straight to him and said, you give me that money because he knows the money is more worth than the chocolate. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That was, a, that was an interesting time. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. <laughs> what would have been great is if you just ate all the chocolate and there was nothing to get the money back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the time was too short. But we went there like... Probably like a week down on the road in Bad Salzung, and then they just came in and out. And of course, because it's so close to the border, you're the first who get it. Yes, that's right. You get all the good stuff. All the good stuff. It's like at Halloween, right? You always want to go early so you get the good candy before it's all out. Yeah, it's uh, now when I remember this, it's actually an incredible experience. If you think about it, this, this, that will never come back. And then when we are in Cyprus, you know, in Nicosia, and then this is the only divided capital in the world right now. And you can kind of get a feeling how it is to 
have a wall and uh, I'm pretty grateful for the experience because it's, it's very unique. Very unique, yes. A lot of really interesting um, you know, articles of clothing and just technology and cars came from that time, which you can't really see anymore unless you're walking down the street and like you'll, you'll point out a car. Like we saw one last night. Yes, a Trabant. Yeah, you're like, that's Trabant. And it was so exciting. You just don't see those types of things anymore. No, it's all gone. Or you go in a museum. Or a museum, yeah, which we did right. go to the museum. In Berlin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I showed Libby how life was in the GDR, in one of these complex buildings. We didn't live in one of these huge complex buildings, but also in one of the smaller ones. You know, we're like... Uh, middle-class family and we had like one of these apartments and also if people don't know that to get actually an apartment as a single was way harder than if you have a family so if you grow up in a family then the the government they give you an apartment or you have easier access to an apartment that's why people in the GDR get it was like very an, young. It was like an incentive. It's like get married, have children, and we'll give you a nicer accommodation for it. Right. So I want to discuss something else, and tell me if you're not comfortable with it. You actually have Tourette syndrome. That is correct. And you've had that since how old? Since I'm four, so I pretty much grew up with it. Yeah, and can can you just explain to people what? Tourette syndrome is from your perspective because there is this preconceived notion of what Tourette syndrome is and certain classifications of it. But what what is yours like? Mine is more motoric, so I'm shaking with my head or my fingers, my hand, my my whole body. And there's also a difference between intention and if you don't do it intentionally. I do it intentionally, but there are also people who don't do it. It just it just automatically happens. But for me, it's more like I feel the pain and then the pain goes on and on. And then it's like a pressure. And then I release this pressure by doing movements with my hands or with my head or with my um, legs. Or sometimes I jump in the air, you know, kind of, kind of interesting movements. They just changing over the time. Sometimes it's this or I'm, you know, I do Ooh. with my, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I yeah. do this with my with my teeth, mm-hmm. so um, it, it's always different. But mostly over the years, the standard one is my face that I do like face facial movements. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if a lot of people know about that because I edit the videos and I tend to you know exclude those moments from you. But I think it's just important that people know about it and right. they know that that's kind of part of who you are because it's what you've been dealing with your entire life right and the most people that have to read they're living more in the shadows but i did not because i don't accept that that the Tourette syndrome as a as as an illness takes over my life i'm the creator of my own life and this is just part of me instead of this being my this being the main part Yeah, and I have like such a respect for that because you are really open and you're just very present in social media and with people in general, just talking to people and being very outgoing. And I know that we've talked about other people who have suffered from it who um, really suffer from social anxiety and they're very self-conscious. And they're on medication. Yes. All the time. And 
I remember the time when my when when my parents wanted to give me some medications. I went to some doctors and they described me some and I took it and I only took it a couple of weeks. But then I felt like that's not what I want. And also my parents totally accepted, yeah, you should not take it. Uh, if you don't want it to take it, if you don't feel like it's helping you, then don't take it. And I did not. Because I, I know it made me a little better, but if you read the about fine prints, the right? fine prints and what you can actually damage by using all these medications, then I rather stick with how it is instead of like having liver problems a couple of years later. Yeah. And you told me that since you've become vegan, right, that mm -hmm. it's actually gotten much better for you. Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting. One of my doctors, his name is actually Dr. Wurst, which is translated into Dr. Sausage. <laughs> yeah, he, I remember they took a lot of blood and they did a lot of tests on form of mine. And he told me at the time that animal protein is something you should reduce. But and that's when I was like 10 years old or 11 years old. And, but I was never vegan until I met you 2014. It wasn't even on my list of things to change. But then after I met you and you told me about it, you're vegan. And then I looked into it, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it. But not because of Tourette, more because from the sport side because then I realized oh there are actually some athletes that are vegan and they're doing pretty well on this plant-based diet and I tried it for myself because in when I was already living in Switzerland I did competitive road cycling triathlon and all kinds of other fun sports and I realized that my level of of power or energize energy went up and also recovery went up I was way faster in recovering than before but then also on the side note I realized hold on when was the last time I shaked or when was the last time I, I, I had a really bad Tourette push and it was not then I'm like maybe the plant-based diet has something to do with it and yes and then I stuck with it and also it was not for me a transition from going Ah, uh, you know, I just cut out a little here, cut out a little there. No, I went from one day to the other, straight into the veganism. Yeah, you were cold turkey, because I remember that we were we were having a long distance relationship at the time, which I don't want to talk about that. That's for the next episode. Ooh. But uh, I remember you're like, okay, I'm going vegan. I'm like, okay, well, you know, usually you do like a transitional thing, which I had done for like two years, where I was pescatarian, then vegetarian, then vegan. But I actually don't want to make this podcast about veganism. No, <laughs> I don't want to no, talk. No, no. I don't want to talk anymore about it. I just wanted to bring that up because that was something that um, benefited you, and I just wanted to to talk about with the correlation with uh, Tourette and veganism. Uh, it changed a lot of things. Well, I think we should get to the juicy bit. What do you think? Okay, so you know we can always make a, a, another more in depth podcast about me if people are interested. But this podcast is also about how we met. Yes. Let's get to the exciting bit about these two separate people across the world somehow meeting up in an unexpected place at an unexpected time, and our lives completely changed after that. Correct. I mean, I can say that I am not the same person I was in Los Angeles, 
And you aren't the same person no. definitely that you were in Switzerland. I didn't even before I met you. And I think that's important to know. If you look at me on social media or on YouTube, you know, I look very confident. And also right now I can talk in the podcast. I didn't even have a phone when I, <laughs> I met Libby. Yeah. I didn't, didn't have social media. Yeah, nothing. It, zero. If I go back to when we met and you said you were going to email me... <laughs> You know, I had no WhatsApp phone. or anything Nothing. or Facebook. It wasn't anything like that. It was like, I will email you when I get back to Switzerland. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> that is correct. Because on, on, in, my, in my bureau, in my company, I had, of course, a computer. I had a computer at home. But that's all what I had. It was email. I, I refused to have a phone um, a couple of years before, like two years before. It's when I cut off everything. I didn't have any social media. And now look at me. Oh my gosh, me. you are he, you are way more into the presence of social media than I am. To be yes, honest, yeah, yes, because yes. you're you you do way more Insta stories and Instagram, and it's just that's kind of where our lives are now. You right? see, everything changes. <laughs> it does, and the change when like, <laughs> give us okay, let's talk give about us it. the information what happened. Yes, okay, so let's take a step back. And talk about 2014. Mm -hmm. June. June, specifically. So, as I mentioned earlier, I was a wedding videographer. And I had a job at the Four Seasons in Florence. And I shot this beautiful wedding. And after I was done, I told my mom, I said, we should meet up in Paris. And then let's go explore France together. Because it's been something we've been talking about for a long time. And my mom speaks fluent French. She uh, lived a bit of time in Switzerland, so she just loves Europe. And we said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's meet up. So I met up with my mom in early June in Paris. And we rented a car. And we explored Versailles. And then we went to an area called Annecy. And after that, we're like, well, well what should we do? She said, well, we could go into Switzerland, but I don't know. I feel like we should go closer to the water. And I said, yeah, sure, let's go. She goes, how about Nice? And I said, yeah, sure. I don't know much about Nice. I know it's south of France and it's beautiful and scenic. And so we, we at the spur of the moment, we decided to book an Airbnb. And it was a little bit further away from, from the beach. And we... Uh, we got to the place and we stayed a night and the next day is when it all happened. But I want to take a pause here because I want to have it from your perspective before you met me. Those, just the, those few days beforehand. Okay, so the few days before. Okay. <laughs> That's tough because there was not much. There was no big preparation. I, I did probably road cycling or did triathlon because I did a lot of sport. And then I I looked on the internet because I still had internet because <laughs> I, I love techno. At the time, <laughs> I loved listening to techno, electronic music, what I still do. But I also went to clubs all over. Like, uh, you know, I went up to Berlin. I went to Zurich. Yeah, and that's already it. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to expand and then I found out about the crossover festival and Boris Brecher. Mm -hmm. And as I so I listened to his his sets and I'm like, wow, 
So I have a friend, Akiro, right? And then I said, hey, we should go down to Nice. I know Nice because Nice is uh, one of my places. I went like two times a year to Nice for cycling. Because when I, you know, sometimes I just took some weekends and I just drove down to Nice. It's a beautiful area. I love the mountains, everything. So then I went down to Nice. We went to the crossover festival, Boris Brecher, and we went out of the club. I would say like five o'clock and we didn't even book anything. We slept in our cars. <laughs> we didn't even book a hostel, a hotel. We just, we said, we just go down there because it's not long of a drive. It's like six hours and that's it. And then, uh, you know, we went to our car, we slept a little bit and then we just woke up probably like eight or nine. And then we just walked around the promenade because this crossover festival is just going on. And then we walked around the promenade. And then what happened? And then what happened? So on the day that it all happened, uh, I was with my mom and she had, we'd walked about halfway to the beach and she's like, oh my gosh, Luby, I forgot to take my, my uh, blood pressure medication. And I was like, okay, well, let's go back to the Airbnb. So we walked back to the Airbnb and she took her meds. She's like, okay, let's go, uh, let's go to the beach. So then we walked to the beach and I had brought my old Hasselblad camera with me. And if you don't know what that is, it's a medium format camera. It's 120. It's this uh, metal beast that takes these beautiful images. And I thought, oh, I'll take some photos along the beach. You know, I just had it with me. And I'm so glad I did because that was the main thing that brought us together. And I was on the promenade. I had my medium format camera out, uh, setting up a photo. And then I hear on the left side of me. Bonjour. <laughs> and I turn around and it's this guy um, in his swim shirt and... A hat that you wear for cycling, right? You know, yes. the cute ones that are flipped up. And then this this other guy. <laughs> Akiro. Akiro, yeah. Of course, I know Akiro, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, it was you mainly, right? Because you're the yeah. type of person who goes up and talks to people. And um, you you said something to me in French. I don't even know what you said. I, don't no, know. I said something about, wow, what a cool camera. Yeah, my mom was just kind of standing by. I don't know. She was like looking at something and then I think she turns around and she sees these two gentlemen uh, talking to me. She marches right up because she speaks French and she's so excited to talk to anyone in French. And then you two start to try to have a conversation, right? Right. And then she asks, where are we from? Yeah. And uh, she goes, oh, well, well, you're German then. Why don't we just speak in English? Perfect. And then a conversation happens. Right. And then we invited you, right? Yes, and I, I couldn't believe it, you know. I, I, I looked at my mom, and I obviously I lived alone in a, in a different state, and I was an adult, but I was like, Mom, is it okay if I meet up with them at 8 o'clock? She's like, sure, not a problem. Promenade des Anglais, if people wondering, right in front of Inigresso, beautiful hotel. Yeah, because you were walking up the stairs. Right. And I was above, above and that's when it was just serendipitous because if my mom would have 
not going yes. back to get the medication. Then we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. Uh, none of this would have happened. Like, radio sounds would not exist. Never happen. It would, you, who knows where you would be and who knows where I would be. Probably still living in Los Angeles, honestly. Probably being a techno club right now. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know where the, the lines would have taken us, you know, if you think about what the time that it's taken for us to get to this point, six years right. or so. And I also, I wouldn't even be at the techno event if I wouldn't have my accident with my hand because I had a really bad accident with five operations on my left arm. What left me in a pretty depressed state at the time. And then I just went out clubbing all the time. Mm, yeah, and that's why you were you were still having the, you know, the consequences of this accident and the surgeries that you weren't really cycling right. as much and that you were going gravitating more towards the music, which brought you to Nice. Exactly. And, and me having the camera, you talking to me because I had the camera. I just think that's amazing that all those things led us to that point to meet. Right. And then you honestly had the like audacity to like talk to somebody and ask them a question. Like I'm not like that. I don't Especially in a in a foreign country. Right. I don't go up to people and I'm like, I see you got something in your hands there. What are you up to? Like I <laughs> take it. <talk. laughs> yeah, I mean you're just that type of person. You're like very, very friendly and very outgoing. And um, that's why I think, honestly, we work well together because I'm a little bit more reserved, a little bit more standoffish. You go into every single room like, hello. Yes, if I go to a supermarket or small. How are we doing today? <laughs> yeah, that's just how I am. I always try to make people smile a lot or just put them a smile on their face. Sometimes I have less success <laughs> than other times. I will say you put a smile on my face every day. <laughs> <laughs> that was a total lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little forced, wasn't it? I think this is a good place to end this podcast because the next episode we're going to be talking about... How we actually prepared our world travel and how our long distance relationship that we didn't really like <laughs> lead us to this point. Yes, I think you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and uh, we hope to hear you soon. Yes, or you hear us soon.